And we are back to talk about more Mandalorian. Uh, I'm here with Preston. This is the way Jacobs. And uh, Preston, what did you think of the episode off the bat? Um, I liked it. I probably it would probably be my second favorite episode so far. Maybe you know tied for first. Um, I thought it worked pretty well. I mean, we're getting the same thing every week, but uh, I appreciated this week. Uh, a little more just because the characters were a lot more colorful yes. than in previous weeks. Um, and so, yeah. Each of the characters, whether uh, I liked them and I wanted to see more of them. I thought they were interesting. Um, and it, was, it, was a, uh, it was a fun bunch. Yeah, so I think that's why I liked the episode so much. I mean, it was, it was essentially the same thing. Like, every episode's the same. Like, Mandalorian takes a job. You know, he's going to be betrayed. Somebody's going to try to take the kid. He's got to deal with them. It's the side quest of the week. And this side quest of the week was yeah. actually you know, pretty okay. There was one character I thought was super, super over the top and super annoying, but we'll get to that. Um, Preston, okay. I have to say, every single character, every single person with the speaking line in this episode is actually someone that you or someone in the audience may know of. Um, is actually somewhat of a big name, actually. Even the New Republic guy on the ship. Oh, really? Who's yeah. the New Republic guy? I'll, we'll get to that. And even the X-Wing okay, okay. pilots at the end of the episode, even they're, they're people that um, huh. ha- actually have done things. Okay, okay. I mean, I recognize some. So obviously the guy who gives them the job so, well, well, I recognize let's, from Sons of Anarchy. Right, let, let's get into it. So yeah. okay. the Mandalorian reaches out to an old f- friend of his, Ran, who is played by uh, Mark Boone Jr., who played Bobby Munson in Sons of Anarchy. As we know, um, he was also in Batman Begins and a, a couple of other things, but he's mostly notable for the Sons of Anarchy stuff where he played a regular the entire series. Mm. And yeah. um, he comes to Ran, and Ran has his own station out there in space. And I guess the Mandalorian needs, needs money, of course, because he's on the run and, and doing all this stuff. And Ran has set up a job. Now, this, this episode is a little late because a couple of episodes ago in Rick and Morty, they actually had a heist episode as well, where the meme of the of the episode and later on on the internet was, um, you son of a bitch, I'm in, because Rick has to uh, form a heist for a heist con thing and to fool another heist and then eventually to fool a heist robot that he created. So, I see. So, so yes. So the whole thing is, you son of a bitch, I'm in. But um, this episode was a little late on that, but okay, fine. And uh, Ran has also recruited his own people to do the job. And we see ex-Imperial sharpshooter Mayfeld, played by comedian Bill Burr. We all know who Bill Burr is, and I gotta say, I love Bill Burr this episode. He made it for me. Yeah, Bill Burr, he, he did his job. He, you know, he plays, he plays Bill Burr. Uh, I mean, I, th- I think Bill Burr's um, stand-up is, is very funny. Uh, I think he's misused on on YouTube. Like, for some reason, I, I watched one Bill Bill Burr uh, video, and then all of a sudden, you get all this this right wing crap where people like take his stuff. Like, he'll have some joke and be like, "Oh, my wife annoyed me the other day," and then it'll be titled like, "Bill Burr destroys feminists," and you're like, "Oh." God, like that's not what his that's not what his jokes were at all. But but he's 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 become like this darling of like woman women haters because he 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 takes a few jokes. He has a few jokes at women, um, you know, because he does relationship humor. So so of course like and he's a guy, so he he bring, he talks about women. But you know, it, it's amazing like the like there's an anti female like group on the internet and they just fucking like Bill Burr is their fucking darling, and so it's like that's like I'm always like oh god like <laughs> I think for that reason he hasn't been making many jokes about about women for the past few years but <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not too caught up on a lot of Bill Burr's jokes I, I do know a couple of the uh, oh. of, of things that I have seen from him more specifically the Titanic joke where uh, he, mm, he's annoyed yeah. that uh, women and children have to go first. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, he, I mean that he he used to be edgier, um, and I think he kind of realized that that people are taking it the the wrong way today, you know. Mm. Um, but uh, you know, his humor is still funny. He, but it, it's it's funny when it's it's strange how how he's revered by this by this really weird sick uh, sect of human beings. 
Well, he uh, the deplorables. He um, he he works well <laughs> in the Star Wars universe. Actually, it's weird. Like Carl Weathers felt out of place when like he had to get up and do stuff. Um, but, oh yeah, even even the guy from Sons of Anarchy seemed out of place. You think so? I I actually think he felt yeah. right as in like I I think he. I think he wasn't as out of place with as, as much as Carl Weathers were, but he kind of kind of fit in a little bit better than Carl Weathers. Right. Not as much here, as Bill here's, Burr. Here, this this is what I think it is. I I think it's the hair. You think so? I think when you yeah when you, I think when you give people fake looking hair, that's like perfectly styled. You think his hair is fake? Right. I didn't get that at all. No, well, I, the the Sons of Anarchy guy's hair. Yeah, yeah you think his hair is fake. I didn't think it was fake. Yeah, at all. absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. I gotta go back and see um, this. No, yeah, no, no man that old like has a has a uh, has just a a line across his forehead of hair. Like you know, men's hair is re- recedes. Nobody has that at that age. But you know, Bill Burr is fully bald. You know, and so he 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 seems like a character. Like one thing I would say about at least old Star Wars is that people's hair was. You know, kind of, kind of weird and of the time. You know, Mark Hamill's hair was, was feathered and, um, you know, and kind of everywhere. Mm. And you know, Harrison Ford's hair was. Uh, it looked. Uh, I mean, it looked different from Empire Strikes Back to Return of the Jedi, which is funny considering that he was frozen in between them. But somebody gave him a haircut or something <laughs> when he was in carbon freeze. <laughs> but I don't know. There's just uh, it's something I can't describe. And then when you jump to like the new sequel trilogy, with, with um, you know the character that plays Poe, I'm always like, oh man, why does his hair look so good? That just doesn't that doesn't seem right. It, it shouldn't it be a little more messy? You know, even Chewie's hair is messy in, in Empire Strikes Back. You know, but I don't know. I love you, Preston. Something, well, it's just that. <laughs> so Star Wars, Star Wars, like it has a gritty feel to it. At least the original uh, trilogy did. Um, and it's one of the reasons why the prequel trilogy and the sequel trilogy feel, seem a little off because they're a little more sterile. Yes, the prequel, you know, the prequel seem trilogy dirty. seems very uh, polished. Yeah, like everything is brand new because they did a lot of this, you know, on green screens. And so everybody's just kind of, you know, perfectly showered and on a green screen. You don't actually have sand like flying into somebody's face, you know. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, yeah, so they just kind of, I think they ruined it by, by having everybody be a little too, uh, put together. Mm-hmm. Well, we meet, uh, we meet Bill Burr, who's an ex-Imperial sharpshooter, and I like how Mando makes a stormtrooper joke and he gets annoyed by that. I'm assuming he was a scout trooper, since they're usually the sharpshooter guys. Um, and then we meet the rest of the crew, a Devorian. But, but by, by the way, that joke, I mean, Star Wars is contradictory on this, because in the original Star Wars... Uh, uh, ben Kenobi says that stormtroopers have really great aim. You know, he says, oh, you know, when he looks at the the destroyed sand crawler of the Jawas, he he specifically says that, you know, the the the, uh, the accuracy is only done by Imperial stormtroopers, and so and then in the original Star Wars, well, you never really get to see a stormtrooper um, battle because. They want everyone to escape from the Death Star. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they could say, oh, they're missing our heroes, but they, they want to be missing their heroes. They, they want them to escape. And then in Empire Strikes Back, they do a really great job on Hoth. It's only until Return of the Jedi that stormtroopers become absolute idiots. And so it's funny that he like he's a sharpshooter and then he's like, oh, I'm not a stormtrooper. Well, you know, they established in the original Star Wars that stormtroopers actually did have really good aim. It's just that Return of the Jedi came along, and they were horrible at, at Endor. So I don't know. Yeah, that you, you have a point there. Return of the Jedi, I feel, is when they really went very kiddie. Because Empire Strikes Back, I remember as a kid not liking Empire Strikes Back because a lot of it didn't seem as fun. You know, the Yoda scenes yeah, yeah. were not as fun, and you know, blah 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 blah. Right. It's a dark. It's a dark, depressing movie. It's right. Not for kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, we meet the rest of the crew. Uh, we meet Berg, the uh, the Devorian. I hope I'm saying that correctly. The Devil Guy. Um, yeah, and he, we saw one of him in the original Cantina. In the, yes, and right. uh, he is yeah. played by Clancy Brown. Some of you guys might know Clancy Brown as the voice of uh, Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob. Preston might know him as uh, oh, Preston right. might know him as Victor Kruger in Highlander. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and I'll know him. Uh-huh. I'll know him as uh, the uh, captain security guy in Shawshank Redemption, as well as mm-hmm. Zim in Starship Troopers, one of my favorite films. 
And oh, Starship Troopers is incredible. Yeah. I love that movie. And uh, then we move on to the Twi'lek named Shion. Now, every by the way, by the way, uh, side thing. I think they removed the devil creature from the bar through the special edition. I'm not sure. I know that they they changed some of the aliens around, but it's funny to use the devil creature guy that was removed. I think he might have been removed and put in a, a different alien put in his place. I might be wrong about that. I know they they, they, they probably did. The fucking the the original uh, the New Hope special edition was is just atrocious. Uh, especially the scene when they come into Mos Eisley and like you know the the CGI monster comes in front of the mm-hmm. camera and like the, the storm like it's it's just it's really fucking awful. Yeah. Um, yeah. But no, we get to the Twi'lek, Shion, and everyone should know her. She is, I believe, oh fuck, let me look at it. Let me, I wrote, wrote it down real quick. She is Natalia Tenna, who also, who plays, as everyone should know, Osha in Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes. the droid, Zero, is comedian uh, Richard Ioade. I think everyone in the UK might recognize him. I have never seen anything he's done, but okay. So the crew gets together to essentially attack a New Republic prison transport and rescue a friend of theirs. They don't say who the friend is. At first, Mando is a little eh on the whole job, but they kind of need him because his ship can fly in and do this very uh, covertly. Uh, Apparently, a lot of ships can't do this, so Mando's ship is actually specialized for this. I've got got to jump back. Like, Richard... Um, AOA is yeah he's he's huge he's um, he's a comedian he was in yeah he was in the mighty Boosh and the IT crowd and and all sorts of uh, stuff he's um, he's incredibly funny oh no I, I've Continue. never seen him in anything ever oh yeah you you need to, you need to you need to see the mighty Boosh and and IT crowd both both great series I might have to <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, yeah they get underway and. Uh, as they're going into hyperspace, uh, the Mando gets a chance to get to know his uh, heist mates, and Bill Burr automatically, <laughs> Bill Burr automatically gets into it as Bill Burr, and I, this is what I love. He goes, uh, "What's under that helmet? Yusa uh, Gungan?" <laughs> that love is pretty it. funny. I did think that was pretty funny. He's doing his material. <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's weird because it was like he was, oh, God. Like the Gungan, like when 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 the Gungan voice came out, everyone's like, it sounds racist. So like he was doing a racist imitation of a racist character that it's just so weird. It was just very. I mean, it was meta, like mm-hmm. you know, very meta. clearly, you know. But uh, it was it was pretty. I mean, it was funny. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> And uh, the Berg, he's, uh, you know, looking through the Mando's stuff. And, uh, you know, he comes upon uh, the Mando's uh, weapons cache. Mando doesn't like that. And they get into a nice little uh, little staring contest there. Uh, the one thing I don't like about Berg is that, like, he's just the strong guy. Now, that's it. That's that's all he is. There's, there's not really much to him. And we'll get into what one of his abilities is yeah. later on. Um, mm. And now for the most annoying character, I think, this episode, Shion. Uh... That was way too much. That was way too much. Like, argh, like is she a cat or a Twi'lek? Like, that was way too much for me. Oh, I thought it was a little annoying. Yeah, I, I thought it was fine. But uh, you know, what what are you gonna do? I mean, you you need you need you need the problem is you've got a short amount of time and you have this whole you've introduced a bunch of characters and they need to be extreme enough that you can pick them out. Like, oh, that's the per- that's that person's personality. You know, and so it's got to be it's got to be fast and it's got to be strong. Um, yeah, they, I mean, they talk about this like uh, if you like in a Michael Bay movie, how, you know, how, especially bad boys, everybody is like a, a stereotype. And so like they just, you know, they, they typecast everybody and then you're like, OK, you're going to be a drug lord. I guess your name is going to be Lopez or something. And you're like, oh, God, like, doesn't this. Does it, and where he's going to be from Miami, and you're like, uh, doesn't this sound like stereotyping? And it's like, well, we've only got we've only got a few minutes, you know, of, of screen time, so we've got to establish everything really fast, you know. Mm. And so this, the thing is, is you knew exactly what she was, like the minute you saw her, and she was like, oh, she's a little crazy, and she's like a cat. So you're like, oh, she's gonna her personality is gonna be like a cat, you know. So she's gonna be like Catwoman, you know. She there's gonna be a sexualness to it, and there's a past. 
with and and you can't really trust her. You know, she's going to be, you know, so you, you kind of knew it the minute you t- the minute she opened her mouth. Mm-hmm. And that's what they needed. You know, I just thought it was a little too over the top. I mean, nor- nor- normally yeah. Natalie Tenna, like I'm fine with her. She wasn't she was in Harry Potter, Game of Thrones as well. Mm-hmm. She was great in those. It's just this, in this here. I just I found her a little too much, a little too annoying. But um, eventually uh, the Devorian and, and the Mando get into a little tussle where he accidentally opens up the container. Now, we've always been wondering, like, Mando just leaves the Baby Yoda on the ship, that's it? But he actually yeah, leaves him in that yeah. little little compartment thing. And uh, Bill Burr goes and looks at it and he's like, what the hell is that? And apparently the galaxy at large, most people don't even know what this don't, species is. No one knows about Yoda, which, again, is just... I just, it's just hard for me to believe. Like, not a single person is like, oh, right, you know, he's of the same species as Yoda. Like, nobody? Uh, well, once again, just... this this is what I'm going with. This is this is, this is going to be my headcanon. The Jedi numbered a couple thousand, maybe, uh, over uh, easily hundreds, if not thousands, of Jedi back during the, the days of the Old Republic. And then you have a galaxy of trillions of people. The chances of these trillions of normal guys seeing what a Jedi, what a Jedi, encountering a Jedi, let alone knowing who's at the top of the Jedi Order, that, that's that's my head <clears throat> Chances are they've never seen I, Yoda. I guess. I mean, I was born in the 1970s, and I still know who Abraham fucking Lincoln is. <laughs> well, no, that that's a little different. I mean, you know, is it? Just, is just it? Just a Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's gonna know the Chancellor of the Republic, but are you gonna know the guy who you don't know? Are you gonna remember the 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 head of the Secret Service like fifty years ago? You gonna know him by memory? Mm. <laughs> I mean, he's the he's the head of things. Uh, whatever, whatever. <laughs> so they drop in on the New Republic transport uh, prison transport ship. Now, originally, I thought the prisoner was like an Imperial guy, and we do see some Imperial guys in the cells. But this also yeah yeah that was actually a pretty cool scene where they where they get, we get just a little glimpse of who would be in there mm-hmm. and there's just this random imperial guy peeking out yeah I did I yeah I like that this also shows the state of the new republic this is actually I think the first time in media that we're actually seeing um, no 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 Force Awakens uh, I, I guess this is the second time we're actually seeing anything New Republic in media. Both new canon mm. and old canon, because I don't think I ever remember seeing anything New Republic related post Return of the Jedi in like actual like you know uh, movies or shows. Right, because but even by the time of the Force Awakens, like they've already they're already getting called the Resistance, right? No, there's two. <laughs> like you have the New Republic there, and then Leia's breakaway uh, group, the Resistance, which uh, purposely goes after First Order targets. The New Republic did not want to start another war with the First Order. So, I see, yeah. I see. They were bureaucratic. Mm-hmm. And there were, even, so there, bureaucratic. there were even Imperial sympathizers within the New Republic government, if you can actually believe that. Mm-hmm. So... This, this. It's bureaucracy, horrible, you know, mm-hmm. democracy just leads to failure. This is how, this is how we got Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so we get inside the, the prison transport and we see some droids. Now, I also like this as for canon. They all have like these uh, hand, uh, handguns, hand, hand blasters, and they're trying to, sh- yeah, they're yeah, trying to yeah. shoot the droids and the droids just, it bounces off them. But Mando comes in and he takes them all out. So... Mm-hmm. So we get they get to the uh, the main uh, control center of the new uh, Republic prison transport, and this is where we see another person that many Star Wars fans should know. That is uh, Matt Lanter, who does the voice of Anakin in all the Clone Wars stuff. Oh, really? Yes, huh. that's who that is. Okay. And the Mando doesn't want to the Mando doesn't want to kill him, but he has this tracking beacon going down, and he's about to he's about to click it, and they're deciding whether or not to kill the guy. And Shion just kills him anyway, and they have 20 minutes because he already clicked it. So they rush to go yeah. rescue this. Uh, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, it's just with the uh, the garage door opener. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that what? It, oh. <laughs> I don't know what it was. It was. It looked very. What What's fun about Star Wars is how like basic their technology looks sometimes. Yeah, uh-huh. So you know, it's like this thing which is with, with like two buttons on it. And it's like, okay, <laughs> garage door left, garage door right. Pretty much. And uh, 
Now they have 20 minutes to get out of there before a New Republic attack force comes and blows them all to bits. Why blow them all to bits? I don't know. If they have valuable prisoners on board, you would think that they would, uh, you know, try to disable it. Right. But maybe that's what they were going to do, and we'll get to that. So they go and they rescue their friend, and it's a guy named Kin or Shin. I think he called him Shin, but it's Q-I-N, which is Kin, I believe. Hmm. Yeah, who knows, yeah. So, and the Mando's like, oh, no. And they kick the Mando in there and take that guy out, and they set him up. It's a double cross, of course. It's just yeah, yeah, Star yeah, Wars underworld heist film, or heist uh, show. It's going to be a, a double cross. And uh, But eventually the Mando gets out, and it kind of turns into a horror horror film a little bit with him hunting down all the members of the heist crew. And the first person the Mando comes up comes across is the Devorian. And I like how it's supposed to be a devil man costume in the original movie. And he, when he tries to use the flamethrower on him, it just doesn't work. I love that. Doesn't work, right, yeah. That was cool. That was pretty neat. Yeah, and he has to get him in the door. Mm-hmm. So, Somehow. So he takes him out through the bla- with the blast door. Then the next person he comes across is Shion. He takes her out relatively easy. She's just throwing, like, you know, like, just, just knives at him, which, okay, I guess those are space knives and space material, and I guess they can kind of hurt him. And one of them does, but he still gets the best of her. Next up is Bill Burr. And Bill Burr is easily taken out, and we all assume that the there was a very cool scene with the uh, with the flashing strobe light. Yes, and you know you you see the Mando, and then you didn't see the Mando, and then you see the Mando, and then yeah, that, that's but he kind of takes him out off screen. Yeah, you know he's just kind of there, and then. Well, nobody wants to see Bill yeah. Burr get his ass kicked, but that, that's why that's why I said it's kind of like a horror I'd film. I'd love to see Bill Burr get his ass kicked. Really? <laughs> <laughs> no, but he doesn't have any fighting. Well, I guess I'm not sure the devil guy has any fighting uh, experience. But He just throws him around. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and he eventually makes a, a deal with uh, with uh, Shin or Kin, whatever you want to call the guy, uh, to where he'll bring uh, him back to Bobby Munson just fine for extra yeah. gold. Uh, as the man who gets upstairs, he sees that Zero has located Baby Yoda, but takes Zero out just in case. And I gotta say, we didn't talk about Zero that much. I love the design of that droid. It's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, you know, I kind of thought that Zero would be really shrewd or something, or not care, um, about his other friends dying. And they, we're we never address, like, Zero's loyalties, because he's just distracted looking for baby Yoda for no reason. So I don't know what he was doing. Well, you know. this is the running theme with, like, uh, I don't know if he's a bounty hunter or just, like, a criminal droid or whatever, but this does yeah. this does fall in line with the theme of the show which, in regards to bounty hunting droids, which is that they don't really care about anything but just getting the job done. Yeah, yeah. So if he does, then why is he wasting time going after baby Yoda? Like, he should have... Right, right. Like, Baby Baby Yoda comes in and is like, goo-goo, and he's like, oh, I guess I'll go to follow you and try to kill you f- f- randomly. And, <laughs> I love, and then he's not in the... I love your Baby Yoda uh, impression. <laughs> 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 so he kills Zero, and they go back to uh, Ran's uh, spaceport. And uh, Ran notices that nobody's there, only, only Kin is back, or Shin... And uh, pays the Mando anyways. As the Mando is leaving, Ran kind of double-crosses him, unfortunately, because I actually wanted to see Ran again in the next season, but yeah, all right. Yeah. Um, and the Mando... Well, you, yeah, you might. The, the, yeah. We, we, didn't, we didn't see them die. Right. So, um, and, and that's confirmed with the other three who did not die, but were put in the prison cell. Right. In fact, the only human to die was the rebel. Was the, I mean, the new, the, the new Republic guy. He's the only one to be seen dying. Mm-hmm. Like, even, you know, everybody else, they, they run off screen and then the explosion happens. And I was, I was wondering if, like, from space we would see his whole thing, his whole um, operation blow up. But it doesn't. So, it doesn't blow up. You know, yeah. So they could, they could bring back this crew later. Yeah. So, so as the Mando is leaving, uh, Bobby Munson, Ran, tells one of his guys to go out there and kill the Mando to blow him out of space. And uh, it's another double cross, of course, because, you know, Star Wars, Underworld stuff. And we see that the Mando has actually tricked them by putting that tracking device on uh, Kin or Quinn. And the New Republic Strike Force comes in. Now, 
The pilots of the New Republic Strike Force, the X-Wing pilots, are actually all directors of an episode. Hmm. The the black guy that appears, I believe he is the director of that episode, Fumia, or, 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 or Fum, Fumiara, something, I forgot his name, I, I forgot his name, I, I apologize for that, but he's the director of that episode. The white guy with the beard is Dave Filoni, he's the creator of Rebels and Star Wars Clone Wars. And the woman, the Asian woman, is Deborah Chow, I believe I she's see. the director for okay. the next episode. So a nice little... Little uh, cameo by those three right there. And uh, they come in and they basically fuck up the station. Now, I don't know if they destroy the station or disable it, because why the hell would they have a tracking device there? And, you know, questions need to be answered. But they do attack the station because they do see the gunship about to launch. And, uh, yeah, the episode ends. And overall, I would probably give this episode a 7.5. Once again, nothing in this series has been above that, and for good reason. This is, by the numbers, by the book, a heist thing, but just with Star Wars characters, essentially. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, I would say the downside is that I saw all the turns coming. It was very predictable. Mm-hmm. Like, you knew that you knew that he was going to get doubled-crossed by these people. And you kind of, I can't, you know, you kind of knew at the end that he was going to double-cross them. In fact, it would have been a more surprising, darker ending had the Mandalorian just left and hadn't given the, the, you know, hadn't put the tracker beacon on him. Right. You know, but that would have been more shocking. Like, oh, man, I guess Mandal- Mando really does just care about the mission. Because he's like, you have, to, you have to complete the mission. That's the Mandalorian way. Mm-hmm. You know, and you're like, oh, well... You know. Wait, wait, wait. So, you think you the know, Mando put the tracker on, on, uh, on I'm just going to call him Kin. You think that the, the Mando put the tracker on, on Kin to save the uh, the prison guys? No, I think he he put the tracker on Kin to, as, as revenge for for them trying to dub, double cross and kill him. Right, because Rand, you know, Rand even yeah. says to Mando, anything that comes out of uh, uh, Mayfeld is like coming from me. Yeah, so like I think I think it would have been a darker, more appropriate ending to to just you know have him drop off Ken and that be the end of it, you know, because he makes a big deal out of it, like oh you you Mandalorians you have to you have to finish your jobs, and yes the Mandalorian technically finishes his job, but he doesn't really finish his job because he turns these guys in at the end. That's not really you know, yes to the letter of it you know on some weird technicality he finished his job, but. It would have been darker and more to, oh, he really follows the Mandalorian way of, no, I, I agreed to return this guy for mm-hmm. money. I've returned this guy for money. That's the end of it. You know? Oh, and um, like that would have, uh, real quick, the yeah. guy who plays uh, Kin is Ismael Cruz Cordova, uh, who is uh, people who watch Ray Donovan will know him as uh, Hector Campos from uh, season four. So, uh, hmm. once again, hmm. another guy. Everybody that has a speaking role is essentially just... A big name actor or someone of of, of moderate fame, and uh, yeah, no. So, uh, what would you give this episode on a rating? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'd give it. A, I'd also give it something like a seven or seven point five. Mm-hmm. I mean, pretty high. This, the, as high as I've ranked any of the episodes so far. I think the the one I liked the most was when he spent all of the time at the at the um, at his Mandalorian guild. Um, I maybe that was episode three. I think was that my favorite, um, and only because you know there was a lot of interesting lore about his background and stuff mm-hmm. in it that I found interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was not a uh, it was it was a fun episode. We had some great characters. It was entertaining, um, but it was it was I, I've been using this term a lot. It was paint by number again. Yes, like you that could have been could have been any any episode of any. Show we've seen we've seen this a million times now. Watch it in any we've order. We've seen it now. We've seen we've yeah we can watch these these episodes in any order. I I still laugh that they're like last time on Mandalorian like nothing's happened like you don't have to <laughs> you don't have to catch us up. Like, I believe this is the second longest episode. I think maybe because it was yeah for me it ranked in it at uh, forty one minutes, forty three minutes. But it's really just like. 38 39 minutes because the credits are so fucking long yeah now i do wonder it when do you think that's concept art that they 
first had and then they create it or do you think they do the episode and then they have an artist come in i think that's concept art and... they first they first have yeah to, to show it I, okay. because the I, I actually like this for the credits it makes me actually stay and watch the credits because the concept art is yeah. fucking awesome i mean there there's one concept art at the very end that shows the heist crew and the concept art looks way better than what we got like it just looks way better oh absolutely and <laughs> I, I will say that they that the the they looked different, at least um, Berg. the tentacle si brother and sister looked very different. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill, Burr, Bill Burr's looked somewhat like Bill Burr. So no, he doesn't. Uh, he looks like a crackhead. <laughs> he does not look like Bill that. Burr looks like a crackhead. How oh, dare you? Bill Burr fans unite. <laughs> but uh, no, you're right. The episode was paint by the numbers, uh, space, underworld, Star Wars, heist thing. And uh, yeah, I, once again... I, I this is this is a, my catchphrase for the Mandalorian podcast. I'm still not wowed. It wasn't bad. It wasn't amazing. It was good. It was it was fun. I'd give it a seven point five. Um, may, mostly because you know we got a lot of cool, interesting new things here. We got to see a Devorian do stuff. We got to see a Twi'lek do stuff. We got to see Bill Burr. Yeah. Bill Burr really made the episode for me with his jokes. It was very meta, um, like you said. And, uh, yeah, I like seeing Bobby Munson and stuff. I like the character of Bobby Munson and Sons of Anarchy. I'm glad the actor's getting jobs. Um, mm. It's funny, too, because I believe Bill I've... Burr even said, like, when they asked him if he wanted to do something in Star Wars, he kind of, he, he said it like he always made fun of Star Wars and the fact that they, you know, he's now playing a character in Star Wars and, you know. Yeah. I think the show should just be called Bounty Hunters Betraying Each Other. <laughs> I mean, every episode is bounty hunters betraying each other, yeah. right? Like the first episode, Mandalorian betrays IG-99. And then... Wait, is it, is it IG-11? Is it IG-11 or IG-99? I don't know. Who whatever. cares? Some, no, the, the robot. <laughs> Robbie the robot. <laughs> um, the second episode, I guess he, he gets an egg. But, you know, he fights some Jawas. And then the third episode, he, he betrays the people that he get the bounty for. And then the fourth episode... And he fights he all betrayed... the entire guild. He fights all the bounty hunter guilds. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, and then I guess he goes to the planet where he defends the village, which is a little different. But he almost and ends then, up fighting that he, bounty hunter yeah. at the very end, but Cara Dune gets to him first. Right. Um, and so, and then he, he, he teams up with a bounty hunter on Tatooine, gets betrayed, and then here he teams up with some bounty hunters, he gets betrayed. So, I guess four out of the six episodes are about bounty hunters betraying each other. One episode is about killing Jawas and, and, a, and a rhino, yeah. and one episode is about defending a village. Yeah, I, I once again like everyone's sitting here giving it a ten out of ten. You guys, I don't know what you guys are seeing. I'm, maybe we're the only like reviewers even giving like this thing lower than a nine because everyone just seems to be like just just orgasming every time the fucking character is on screen. I'm like, what are you guys seeing that I'm not seeing? Like, what are you? I I don't yeah I don't get it. I don't understand it. I mean, maybe they're just maybe they don't watch other other stuff. Like, they don't understand how good TV is maybe, right maybe now. Maybe they're not watching. Maybe they're not watching Watchmen, which is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well. <laughs> and I, and I got Someone was actually complaining to, uh, to me about this, and I actually saw an article on it a while back as well. Did the Mandalorian trailers kind of deceive us? Because if you go back and watch all the Mandalorian trailers before the show came out, it, they made it seem like... Like, you know, he was going to be running around with this, like, crew of him, uh, Cara Dune, IG-11, yeah. and they're going to be, like, doing a bunch of cool stuff and blah, 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 blah. They're going to be fighting ex-Imperials and blah, blah, And it's just really a... This is essentially... I'm going to say this because I saw Star Wars Rebels. I, star, I saw Star Wars Clone Wars, and I, I always hated how a lot of those episodes were just episodes of the day. Characters of the days, which is what we're yeah, getting here. Yeah. Character or characters of the day. This just seems like episodes of Clone Wars and Rebels, you know? There's just... There is an arc, of course. There was in those shows as well, but most of the episodes were... It's a very... It's a very limited it, arc. It is. I mean... It is. I mean, he... He betrays the, the, the bounty... He betrays the guild for Yoda, mm -hmm. and that's it, and he's on the run. 
Yeah, some people felt as though, like, the show kind of deceived them. They thought they were getting, like, an actual Star Wars show, and they're not really getting Star Wars. They're getting Star Wars Bounty Hunter show. Yeah. Now, I mean, I understand why they've they've played it incredibly safe with Mandalorian. Like, mm. like right now, all of the, like, Star Wars is in trouble, right? Like, why is Star Wars kids, in trouble? Tell me. Well, I would say that The Force Awakens and The Last Jedi were both um, were both rather divisive films for different reasons. Force Awakens. For exact opposite well, reasons. I, I gotta disagree on you on Force Awakens, For- because Force Awakens was okay. I'm saying that Force Awakens was too safe and Last Jedi was too was too dangerous. Mm. And, and, and like um and people people they want something familiar but not too different, you know, but not too familiar mm. and not too you know, it's 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 tough. It's really tough to to be making the the eighth or ninth sequel of something and and have it be fresh and new and have people people like mm-hmm. it. Um, so I don't know. Um, I I remember when Force Awakens came out, everyone was very happy with it, and then they kind of sat on it for a while and they were like, actually, yeah. that movie was horrible. Um, and then Last Jedi. Essentially, same thing. Mm. A lot of people like thought it was okay, and then they sat on it for a little bit, and they just came out and said, "This is the worst thing ever." But here's the thing, though, Preston. <laughs> actually, want to discuss this with you. I think Star Wars. So here's the thing. This is this is an argument I always get in with Star Wars fans. Star Wars needs to stop catering to fucking kids because back in the 1970s and 80s, there was no YouTube. There were no like video games that, mm. you know, you could play online. There were no new video games coming out every fucking week like there is now. There were no like a plethora of yeah. shows for children and all that stuff. Star Wars was like the thing for children. And, and as such, a lot of kids got into it. Even as early as the 2000s when, you know, the prequels came out, the internet was still in, still in its, you know, infancy and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And, uh... Now, there's just a lot of crap out there that you can watch or that kids can watch and occupy themselves with. Star Wars is just kind of like a thing. You know, it's it's not, it wasn't, back in the day, it was the thing. For you, it was the thing. Yeah. For, for me, it was the thing. Now, the sequel trilogy, mm-hmm. it's just another thing. Mm, so they yeah, need to stop yeah. catering to kids and actually cater to some of the people who have who actually have the money to buy this crap, or even just teenagers for that matter, which The Mandalorian caters to. It caters to, ki- to teenagers, not kids specifically. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I have a young nephew, and, uh, you know, when I, he's not interested in Star Wars at all. Like, he just, that's just not one of the things on Isn't his radar. Isn't that crazy, though? Like, poke, Pokemon are on his radar. Minecraft is on Minecraft, his radar. Yeah. Um, you know, but he doesn't, he doesn't care about Star Wars. Like it's, it's just not that interesting. Exactly. And, and this is what Disney needs to really understand. Stop catering these fucking kids who, who have, you know, are playing Minecraft and Roblox and, like, you know, are watching fucking Peppa Pig or what the fuck ever. Well, this is, this is the whole thing about, I mean, this is, we had this discussion when we talked about uh, comic books uh, when, we're, when we're on our Watchmen discussion. Mm. But um, comic books catered to kids. And then as the kids got older, uh, they found that they weren't really pulling in new kids. So the comic books shifted to being dark in the 80s because the, the kids had just grown up. And they're like, okay, I guess we have to deal with more, more adult themes. And so all at once you had Iron Man becoming an alcoholic, Hank Pym beating his right. wife. Um, Dark Phoenix, you know, and then it just got darker and freaking darker after that with, you know, Dark Knight Returns and, and Watchmen and Killing Joke. And you're like, and then it just kept getting darker, you know, Spawn and Sandman and just, um, and so it was just, you know, that was just the, the, the progression. But as, as comic books became for, you know, loser adults like us rather than for children, um, you know, not like a kid isn't going to spend $5 on a comic book, like. Like back in the day when he could spend seventy five cents, you know, for a comic book. You know? Right. But uh, yeah, so Star Wars, yeah. I mean, is it is it just for adults now? Mm. It's. Uh, I was thinking about this with the uh, with the Ghostbusters fucking. Trailer, oh yeah. The new Ghostbusters trailer. Right, but it's so fucking serious. Um, I think, I think uh, I was watching Red Letter Media, and and the guy on it said. 
It's really funny that this movie is spending so much time paying reverence to a movie that was a largely irreverent movie. <laughs> it's like, oh God, that's so perfect. Like, why, why, Star Wars is silly. Star Wars is silly from the beginning. Um, so why do people take it so seriously? Why is there this need to have so much reverence for Star Wars um, to make sure everything like fits? And, 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 uh, um, and the, the ultimate example of that is Rogue One, where you know, it's a very serious, dark, dreary movie that, that is completely for adults with not a single fun character in it at all, not a single kid's character in it at all, but it spends so much time sucking the dick of a new hope, you know? And, and it's, it's fine, but it's just not, it's not a movie on its own. It's just... Yeah. Because here's the thing. The, the, the original trilogy was the catalyst. The prequel trilogy was the catalyst, right? Those movies were the catalyst. But I think I've absorbed more Star Wars content that's outside of the movies than the movie Because the movies are silly, you're right. Yeah. But all the video games, the comics, the novels don't have a lot of that mm. silliness that the movies do. The comics, the video games, and yeah. all that other stuff take, take themselves more seriously. Like oh, Knights of the Old Republic. Like, that was, like, you know, mm -hmm. some, some, like, serious shit, you know? Like, like you know, the video games. There's yeah. nothing silly in the video games. You know, it's just full-on blast stormtroopers and do a mission. So, even though we saw the movies a thousand times, we've probably consumed more Star Wars media that's not silly. That's just, you know, this, this. And here's the thing. Right. This is why Disney needs to stop catering to kids because I don't think kids buy that many toys anymore like they did in the past because I think more children nowadays are occupied with video games or just browsing the internet yeah. not to mention the people who are buying toys still are adults who were kids back in the day <laughs> it's true bro it's true right. so yeah no no it's then at some point you just gotta you just gotta let it go but Disney's not they spent so much money on Star Wars that they're gonna milk this dry and Mandal and Mandalorian Mandalorian is doing their best I mean Mandalorian is is right on it's right on target. It's not it's not being too risky. It's not um, they're not trying to break any creative ground. No. Here, okay. That's that's they're trying to sell some baby Yoda toys and make Star Wars. You know, keep the Star Wars name in, in, in the zeitgeist mm -hmm. and and you know have people continue on. Because man, even if even if Last Sky or the the Rise of Skywalker is an okay movie. It's still the last movie, supposedly, right? You know, the, and so people, people again have this feeling of closure that this is all over. And so, you know, you, they have to have like another thing going. No, it's not all over. There's going to be more Star Wars forever. Forever. And I'm fine with that. It's just they need to like tone it back a little. Like they need I think I think the best course of action right now is to let Star Wars movies rest for the for the next five to ten years and just release release stuff on yeah. Disney Plus, release stuff on YouTube, release video games, because the latest Fallen Order video game was fucking awesome. Star Wars fans for the for the most part, yes, there are kids there, but they really should stop aiming for children. Because a lot of Star Wars' bread and butter is the merchandising. And kids nowadays are not buying toys. Um, adults are buying toys. And I'm not saying that they should, you know, have a fucking Twi'lek with three boobs as a toy or something for adults to buy. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is, if you're going to make a movie or a show, give us adult characters. Not adult themes. They don't Just because they're adult characters. Just give us characters that are actually interesting and not just checklist because that's what last jedi kind of gave us they gave us a checklist of characters you know we got to have like a a scoundrel dj check we got to have an asian girl uh rose check but they never took the time to make rose or dj that interesting like i can't remember red letter media had this one thing with phantom with uh, the phantom menace review they did where uh mr plankett asks his his buddies um what's one trait about qui-gon you remember I can't remember any – that's yeah. not his job. I can't remember any quote – I can't remember any trait or anything – or any quote in general about DJ or Rose at all or even um, Holdo yeah. for that matter. Yeah, there, there's, there's this weird thing where – okay, so take a character like Rose. Rose is a shitty character. Now, 
the they just they they didn't establish anything for her. They didn't give her anything to do. It's shitty. Now, what's sad is that yeah, for for five seconds in a in a in a boardroom, somebody's like, oh, we need to we need to appeal to the Asian demographic. Let's make let's make uh, this random character Asian." And then somebody else is sitting there going, wait, Rose is a sucky character. It must be because some executive decided to make her, like, Asian. And it's like, no, like, she's a sucky character because she was poorly written. Mm-hmm. Her being Asian doesn't matter one way or it the doesn't. other. It doesn't. It's just, it, you know, so you stop blaming, you know, diver- like, the reason. If you don't like The Last Jedi, the reason wasn't diversity. It wasn't. If you did like The Last Jedi, the reason wasn't diversity. <laughs> like, like... Diversity is irrelevant to whether or not your story is going to be good, one way or the other. Um, so I, I think, I think it's you know ridiculous. People waste so much time arguing about it. Um, it's just writing. If there is fucking good writing, it doesn't matter. Like then, then the show is fucking great, and people recognize it as great. But you need to, you know, that's what needs to be focused I on. Think, I think to, Everybody... to, to defend that crowd, for, I'm not really offended, but to make sense of it, I think people are blaming diversity because they feel as though these, these executives, these writers, are putting more emphasis on diversity than actual good writing and are, are inputting characters in there that don't need to be in there. For example, Rose did not need to exist. The entire story with Canto mm. Bite and infiltrating the supremacy could have been done by Finn and Poe. Like, we did not need a story on, on the Raddus with, with Poe uh, doing a mutiny against Captain Holt. We did not need that. Instead of Rose and Finn, it could have been Poe and Finn. <clears throat> Excuse me. Sure, sure. But if, if the story is good, no one really, no one really, like, first of all, there's a lot of things. There's a lot of uh, series that have extra characters that, like, you can watch a Fast and the Furious movie and you're like, wait, do we really, does he need a gang of fucking 12 people? Like, Jesus, like... And that's that's for diversity as well. There's there's a, you know that's a Benetton of colors right there in, in, in Fast and the Furious movies, but I don't know. Like there's no there's no writing. You don't need good writing for Fast and the Furious because those movies are just a fucking joke. And so everyone like every, no one complains about those movies like diversity there because they they weren't looking for a good story to begin with. Like. Eh. I would say the story story is where it begins and ends, you know? I think the Fast and the Furious um, movies uh, get away with it because they've been going on since, like, the early 2000s, way before this whole, like... Because people have started to notice that when these execs start putting a bunch of diversity in there, then it's when it starts to kind of, like, uh, go downhill just a tad. And people have begun to notice that. Um, I was going to use the example of Rogue One. Rogue One did not need uh, Brody, the Imperial pilot guy. They didn't. They could have just used the robot as the guy that has all that information and they had to protect the robot um they didn't need brody that's but suffered from a lot of characters right it's there. all it's all cor- it's all correlation not causation like i i can pick i mean for instance watchmen is incredible diverse cast um yes. russian doll incredible diver- diverse cast like you can name i could pick uh but then again like um you know there, there there's Succession is really good, and that's not a very diverse cast at all. There's an Asian guy in it, but, you know, like, it doesn't matter. Like, if the writing is good, the writing's good. The diverse cast is irrelevant. Like, I think people people shouldn't be complaining about it one, one way or the other. Like, it's just, you know, some, some executive thinks that, that they're going to make more money if they throw in a if they throw in a character. Okay, these are these are professional actors. If they can act well on a good script, it's going to come out great. It doesn't matter, you know. Like that's the thing is, <laughs> these are professionals. Like this, you've got a professional actor. They come in all colors, and then you have professional writers. And if you do if you do those two things really well, it doesn't matter. Like like it doesn't True. matter. Like you know. You know, like like I say, like if if the next James Bond is is you know a Latino little person, female Latina little person, <laughs> it doesn't matter to me if it's a good fucking movie. Like if it's good writing and 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 but it, you know it doesn't matter at all mm-hmm. if the person you know what nationality the person is. Uh. Yeah, well. But this episode was, once again, just okay. 7.5. You give it a 7.5 as well? Or just a 7? 
Yeah, it was, it was, it was good. It was yeah, seven, seven point five, mm-hmm. something around there. You, 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 you love the rankings. I, I, I but uh, yeah, I, I mean, I think it was, it was one of the best episodes, if not, you know, it's maybe the second best of the series. Like, I thought it was well acted. I thought the characters were great. It was fun to watch. It was very predictable, and it's the same. It's getting to be the same plot mm-hmm. every time. You know, bounty hunters betraying each other, but it was fun. Uh- I would say we'll have to see you guys next week, but um, actually, there's going to be a new episode of The Mandalorian in five days to coincide with the release of The Rise of Skywalker. So we'll see you guys in a couple of days, actually. Eh. Whoa, 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 wait, when does when does Rise of Skywalker I believe on the 20th, but I I also believe that uh, overseas, the Rise of Skywalker will premiere, premiere um, uh, earlier, actually. On the 18th. Okay, okay. So we're going to get... I bl- So you're going to jump in a... You're going to jump on a flight... No, to, no, 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 no. ...to Paris. No. <laughs> Hold on, let me see this real quick. When, when's the next episode again? I believe it's on the 18th, which is... One second, let me just check. Blah, 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 blah. Episodes. There's going to be an episode on the 18th. Yes. Which is a Wednesday. So this coming Wednesday is when we'll be back... Again, for another episode of The Mandalorian. And then, after the 18th, we'll come back on the... Whoa, they're taking... Oh, no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I thought they were going to take a week break. Uh, and then, after the 18th, will be the last episode with episode 8 on the 27th of December. Mm. Oh, okay. So, they're taking a break so Star Wars fans can go see The Rise of Sky. On Friday, yes. Oh, mm-hmm. I see. Oh, man. These, 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 this planning. Oh, oh. Did you know that they, they pushed back was, was, what Wonder Woman was supposed to come out around now, but they pushed it back because they didn't want it to compete with all the, the other things coming out right around now? Yeah, I don't blame them, honestly. Like, who the hell wants to compete with uh, Rise of Skywalker, especially if you're like a superhero or a sci-fi film or a fantasy film? I mean, if you're a drama, fine. It's just... It's just hard to believe that's that's in a that's in a freaking week. It's coming out in a week, and it's I, I guarantee you it's 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 either gonna disappoint you or just be very meh. But it doesn't matter. Oh, it's definitely it's definitely <laughs> gonna disappoint me. But but I mean the 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 stakes are so high. I mean like it's just it's ah the. So I, I'm it's, I'm speechless right now because I'm just like everything gets hyped so much and and. I don't know. There's been so many years yeah. on this. This this story has been going on for for 42 years. I mean, of course it's gonna de- de- it <laughs> disappoint. Is. They really should have left it at Return of the Jedi and done like something completely new. They really shouldn't have fucked with episodes one through and six. They really shouldn't have done that. And honestly, and even if the episode, even if the movie is good, there's still gonna be plenty of people on YouTube saying it sucks because let's be honest, shitting on Star Wars should be its own genre on YouTube. Oh sure, and and mm-hmm. yeah, and and claiming claiming that it's that it's all from the, because of the SJWs, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not that it's the fucking ninth, actually it's the fucking eleventh, goddamn Star Wars movie, and you know maybe when you do fucking eleven sequels, like movies for like stop <laughs> being fucking good. It's it couldn't be fucking that. <laughs> Uh, guys, thank you so much for joining <laughs> us. Jesus Christ, Preston. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, we'll see you guys in a couple of days for another episode of The Mandalorian, the penultimate episode. And then we will do a review of Rise of Skywalker. Uh, but as always, thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you guys next time. Have a good one.